During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the kind of funny x cast your home for all things xbox here at kind of funny of course i'm one of your hosts Snowbike mike and this week i am joined by my two gaming dads the rogue one mr gary witta and of course paris lily but guys we got a very special guest that's right we're talking all things halo infinite winter update along with forge and my guy michael shore lead forge designer at 343 is joining us on today's podcast to tell you what you can create in the power of forge michael congratulations on today's launch how are you feeling today thanks uh i'm feeling good glad to be here pretty excited um it's been chaotic and energizing for the last uh day or so you know with with the launch uh but excited to see what everyone's creating and you know, kind of go go from here right of course, congratulations to you and the team. We are all very excited to, of course, create and play in the fun sandbox that you and the team work so okay. hard on. And that's what we're going to do today here on the X-Cast. We're going to have a fun time with you talking about Halo Forge. And then we'll go on with some other fun topics. But going around the room, Gary Witta, how are you doing today? I'm good. Fully recovered from my uh, cold, uh, as is the whole family. It's, I know I've said it before, but it's still a thrill to be back here. Um, in the studio under the lights after, you know, being remote for really the inception of the show, right? Mm -hmm. The very first episode we ever did was was remote. And it's only now that the show reaches its full expression with, you know, in the spare bedroom, all this amazing technology. And uh, yeah, it's going well. This is for Paris and I. This is actually our second Xbox podcast today because we both filled in earlier today in IGN's uh, podcast unlocked. So I think covering some of the same topics we're going to talk about here again today. So I can't wait. Well to versed to in it. the subject matter. Yeah, you've got uh, you guys are two for two on today, and I cannot wait to go check out podcast unlocked. I know all of our Xbox fans out there. I'm sure we'll give that a listen. Paris, how you feeling today? Show number two. You still got the energy for me. I'm good. I'm good. Definitely got the energy. Excited to talk to Michael about Forge. And, uh, you know, like like I say to Gary all the time when he talks about the new studio, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> but that also makes me think, you know what? End of the year, maybe the last show of the year, I got to come up. I got to come up. We got to do it all in studio. We could do like a Christmas show. We could yeah, do yeah. Uh, Xbox 2022 year in review. We could do... All, all kinds of things. The point, oh, the main yeah, point yeah. would be to get Paris up here. And then yeah, we got to get Paris up here and we got to go House of Prime Rib. Oh, Maybe we're we get take Paris. House yes. of Prime Rib. Let's oh, yeah. do that, Gary. Yeah. Let's write that down. But of course, we got to get into it because we got Michael Shore here and I want to talk 
Halo Forge with all of you. But before that, I got to remind you, of course, this is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And of course, on podcast services all around the globe. Don't forget, we are now Epic Games partners, which means if you are buying games off the Epic Games store or maybe upgrading your look in Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys, please use our Epic Creator Code, Kind of Funny, at checkout. It's no additional cost to you, and it's a brand new way to help support the team. And of course, talking about support, this all wouldn't be possible. This brand new state-of-the-art spare bedroom studio wouldn't be possible without your support. And we'd like to thank our Patreon producers for the month of November who went out and supported us over on patreon.com slash kind of funny and patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get a bunch of awesome content just like remember blank where me and the guys will be talking about PUBG later this afternoon for your exclusive Patreon show. But thank you to our Patreon producers for the month. You have Morgan Lorraine, Fargo Brady, Christopher Rodriguez, the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan, Tall Tree 81, Joseph A. Carlson, One Up Pest Control, Carrie Palmer, Elliot, Brian Chaney, Trevor Starkey, Super Daddy Kyle, Undertopian, uh, David Mintel, The Mind Freak, Eric Velasquez, Scotty Wyatt, Alex Gertal, Alex or Al Tribesman, the Predator, Jason L, James Davis at James Davis Makes, Mick at the Nanobiologist Aberson, uh, Ryan T from Tennessee, and of course Derek, Greg, and Donald Eccles. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon this week. The Kind of Funny X Cast is sponsored by Factor Meat Undies and Shady Rays, but myself and the team will tell you all about that in just a little bit. Let's jump into the fun. Once again, we have Michael Shore, lead Forge designer at 343, joining us here on the podcast. Michael, of course, we introduced you. We said congratulations. Let's talk about it. How are you feeling on the day of release? How is the team? What are the stress levels and what is the celebration level at right now? It's kind of all over the map. You know, yesterday I think was pretty intense with the release and just tracking with what's going on and, and you know, listening for player feedback and seeing what's working and what's not and looking at what they're doing. So obviously there's some stress involved with that, but I think at the same time, like everyone's like feeling, you know, liberated, right? You go from like years and years of working on a, on a feature or a product and then it goes live and then now you're in the next phase so that's that's super exciting to be in sort of over that first hump and like you know now we're in the second phase where it's just like seeing what players are doing with forge talking to them understanding where the pain points are and you know and reacting to that and understanding what kind of features they want what kind of content they want to play and you know making it so forge can continue to let them create the content that they want to play Yeah, and that's a lot going on just from yesterday and today. And I want to kind of take a step back and start with you. Of course, your role as lead designer of Forge and your team, Mm -hmm. of course, what they all do. So let's start with you, Michael. When did you join 343? Why Forge? And tell us a little bit about the role. Sure. Um, So I joined 343 in August of 2018. And um, previously, I had done done systems design for multiplayer games. I had done um, level design for multiplayer games. And I had done UX design for multiplayer games. And so the role for Forge Lead basically leaned really heavily into both all three of those disciplines because you know forge is basically like a level editor it's a game engine right and so having a good ux that makes things intuitive understanding how systems works um and how players 
need to be able to make systems within the game, right? And then of course they're making they're making levels, right? So that that level design experience really helped inform me as I came into this role. Um, and Tom French, uh, well, he was the previous Forge, Forge lead, and uh, we have a great relationship. And it was really good to sort of like come into three four three and learn and grow from their learnings on the previous forge and understand you know sort of where i wanted to take forge where they wanted to take forge where the community wanted forge to go and and bring that all together right a lot of great stuff to talk about there and i want to talk about where forge is at now where do we want to see in the future what are you and the team doing but let's just start from the beginning of course what if one of our xcast viewers doesn't know what halo forge is can you give us a quick explanation of of course what is forge of halo infinite yeah, of course. So Forge is basically a mode within the Halo Infinite uh, free-to-play product that allows you to create experiences. You can make multiplayer maps. You can make um, scripted social modes. Um, you can make beauty corners. Um, you, uh, you know, the, the sky's the limit, right? But you can basically go into this and this thing we call a canvas, and you can place objects. You can scale them. You can change their color. You can change the material, as you're seeing right now, um, you, and then you can connect all that and into a an experience with uh, with game mode and gameplay objects, and then play it with your friends. You share it with people. You can publish it so uh, anyone who looks for content can find it and go, "Hey, this is fun. You know, let's play this playground, for instance, right?" And so, at a high level, it's really just it's a it's a big um, you know. Uh, it's a it's a game engine within uh, within Halo Infinite, and and we're lucky because we get to leverage the amazing Halo sandbox. All those weapons, that cool equipment, um, every all the mechanics that are already in Halo Infinite, like is you know, it, it's so good, and so it really helps the it helps the Forge experience shine because um, you you know, um, I've seen actually here's a good example of that. Um, there's this thing that players have been playing just called the octagon and it's like a warm-up map right it's just literally an octagon where people spawn and shoot each other right and the sandbox is so good that that experience is still fun right um so uh, hopefully that's pretty decent uh, overview you know um and if you haven't um you know, we've got the Forge fundamental videos that give a deeper dive into what Forge is and and what you can do with it those are some great videos. I really yep. recommend anyone that gets interested from this interview mm-hmm. with you, Michael, any of from our audience, go check those out. They're really, really in-depth, really awesome, and shows you the power of what you can create. Uh, Paris, I know you and I are excited to ask some questions, so take us away, Paris, with what you got. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, Michael, thank you for taking time out of your obviously of very busy schedule right now to, to talk to us about this. So looking over the summer and seeing some of the whether it was on purpose or not, footage that we we saw from the Forge beta from some of the early creators. I mean, just phenomenal stuff, like just amazing seeing some of the things that they've been able to do, you know, with this tool set to bring it to life. But my question for you is more with discoverability. So, you know, I messed around last night and and dove in and, you know, I can see the, the end game browser and and it's already highlighting, you know, what's popular, things like that. That I can understand. But even just kind of gauging social media today and seeing what a few people were saying was there's a little bit of confusion about, well, how do I jump into this map and actually play it? Do Is there matchmaking with this? Can I bring my friends in? So I kind of have this two-part question. 
what are some of the early pain points you're seeing with that just in game getting people to engage with some of these community created maps and then the second part of the question would be what are you doing outside of the game to highlight these maps to so to help people be able to discover some of these community created maps sure yeah i think you know right now if you want to play a forge experience um you basically need to create a custom game with it um and if someone has also created a custom mode to go along with it you need to load that custom mode into um that into that custom game lobby right so there might be some confusion there where if you make a custom mode and you save it and you design a map around that experience that mode experience um if you don't make it clear that the the map and the mode are this this pairing right they're required um, to, they go together, right? Um, if you don't make that clear as, as a content owner, it certainly can be difficult for players to understand why, what is this map all about? I, it's not doing anything but Slayer, for example, right? When you should be loading like my my mode that I created that's for this map. So that's, that's a potential pain point. Um, you know, with season three, we're going to have the custom games browser come online and that's going to alleviate, I think, a lot of, of those problems um, because you're gonna you're gonna join those custom games, right? You're gonna be able to browse for custom games that already right. exist and just join those in progress, right? So that and then that will be. I think that's just a smoother flow to accessing the the crazy and kooky content that's out there and sort of going, hey, what you know, what am I gonna play today, right? Um, so that. So yeah, I hope that will alleviate some of the pain points. You know, obviously we want to make sure that there's good ways uh, for players to communicate that this mode goes with this map. Um, longer term, I've said this on Twitter, longer term, we're going to actually disassociate um, some of the logic from in the map uh, to outside of the map. So there there might be, there's going to be some, uh, I think some wins in that respect of mm -hmm. making it easier for modes and maps to work together. Um, right now it's a little oblique um, and we understand this and longer term, we're, we definitely want to make that smoother because there's clearly people who want to make modes and there's clearly people who want to make maps, right? And there's some people that want to do both, right? And so, but like, what's the best way to get those two groups together to make content and that just shines, right? Right now you have to embed a mode in a, in a level to really get it to work. And we want to, in the future, we want to, stop that and make it so you don't have to do that yeah and i guess you actually just touched on on a point on that like i'm i'm in the camp of i have no talent to be able to create a map i just <laughs> want to play them so that again goes to the discoverability of it i want to know what are the best maps to play with my friends what is the new hotness out there so to speak what is this creative and unique thing that someone's made in the community yeah. that i can jump in and go play so sounds like you're saying season three is really going to be the time to to be able to their ease of use, so to speak, to find some of those maps. Yeah, I think there's other there's other vectors that we have for getting that info though. Like right now, if you go to the community tab, there is the the popular maps, the popular modes, and the popular prefab sections. Um, and those are basically the popular maps and modes. That's most played maps and modes in the last seven days. And then the popular prefabs are prefabs that are the most bookmarked in the last seven days. Um, so right now you can go and see what people are gravitating towards. Um, we have a recommended query as well. That that's something that that three four three curates, and uh, we're going to be populating that as soon as possible. And that's designed to elevate right. 
um, to elevate, uh, you know, maybe some of the stuff that's already in popular and also surface stuff that we find that maybe isn't popular, but we think you should see, Ooh. right? Um, so we'll be using that um, as much as we can to surface content for, excuse me, to players to make sure there's more variety that you can choose from. I've already got a list of stuff that I would like to put in in that, and I hope to I hope we can update that uh, within the week if possible. Wow, that's some exciting stuff, and it sounds like you and the team are on it right now. I do want to go back to what Paris said, right? I think there's going to be a number of players who know and love Forge and have created before. There's going to be a lot of new players, right, of course, with Halo Infinite now having the multiplayer free-to-play. It's on Game Pass on multiple different ecosystems now. Everyone's very excited about what you and the team have now put out there. We talked about Forge fundamentals. I want to start off with the question of, how are you and the team onboarding new players, aka new creators, into this tool set? Are there any new videos? Is there an onboarding lesson once we click into Forge that will help them create and learn while they're in this sandbox? We don't have any, excuse me, we don't have any onboarding in the client right now. Um, we're working on Halo Waypoint. Um, posts, uh, you know, along with the Forge fundamentals that we previously talked about, uh, we'll be working on Halo Waypoint as a as a path to educating players on on deeper dives. Um, there's, I also know that there's several community projects going on. There's a community wiki uh, that is happening very soon that we've been helping them with. It's not an official wiki, but um, we're we're trying to support them and give them as much information um, about Forge and its functionality so they can run with it. Uh, so that's a place for players to go to kind of learn the basics. Uh, there's also a bunch of communities that have already been around since, you know, Halo 5 Forge and beyond um, where you can go and, you know, talk to people who already know Forge and and be a part of that community and start learning and, and you know, starting your Forge journey. There's Discord communities, even the Waypoint forums is a good place to go. So I think despite us not having like new user experiences in the client right now, I think there's a lot of opportunities for anyone who doesn't know what Forge is or what it can do to go out there and, and go, hey, I'm a new person. I'm just I'm trying to make it so a player switches to this weapon when he <laughs> when he you know when he presses a button or something right like and there's plenty of people out there that really want to support the community in that way and help you out. Go for it, Paris. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to jump in. I know we got a slight leg. Uh, so actually to swing this back to obviously the winter update just came out and 343 internally shipped to Forge Maps with that. So my curiosity uh, with that actually is looking beyond right here at launch. What, what's the long-term goal with that? Will we see more 343 curated Forge Maps moving forward? Is that going to kind of be a tool to potentially bring back some 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 classic maps with 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 a different spin on it things like that what what what's internally are we looking at the use of forge for for 343 uh, for think, map creation yes <laughs> uh, absolutely you know you've probably already seen that we have um, a remake of the pit yep. in the works and that'll come out by the that'll be in matchmaking by the end of the year 
Um, and, you know, there's other legacy maps uh, that we're working on that we want to release um, at a later date as well. So definitely using Forge as a, as a means to, to, to add to the content that players can play. Absolutely, we want to use this, you know, alongside finding player-made content and championing that and, and surfacing that, like we, we were talking about earlier. So it's, it's kind of a two-pronged approach there. Um, I think we want to do both and ultimately, like, the kind of stuff I've already seen um, can easily sit next to the the three four three um, dev maps. Oh wow! That's wow, impressive. That's right. Yeah. Uh, looking at what's new and exciting, Michael, that you and the team can share. Of course, we talked about the new player onboarding and what that would be like. What about for the veteran creators that come back? What are some of the new and wow factors that they can see when they're creating in the sandbox? Yeah, so the the big ticket items that we added, um, we we built this on Halo Five basically. The Halo Five Four just sort of the base of this, and we changed and improved and added a bunch of stuff. Um, the biggest one in my mind that doesn't sound like a big deal is object scaling, but uh, in yeah. Forge, in Halo Five Forge, for example, uh, when you place an object, you could you couldn't change the the scale of it, um, and so we had to have an object browser that had like a one by one by one cube and then a two by two by two cube and so on, right? So now you can just place the cube and go, I want it to be this big, and then it's a cube, and then you can you can duplicate it and you can change the size of it. So not only do we have less overall objects um, because we don't need to bloat the object browser with scale, um, but now you can just take any object and scale it small or massive and turn it into whatever you want. I think in one of the videos we saw someone take, they took one of our, um, our terrain pieces, which are rather large objects, um, and they shrunk it down and they use it as dirt and debris in a, in a, uh, just a, a burning barrel. Right. And I thought that was just a great reuse of an object to, to, to create an effect. And that's, that's just one of the ways that scaling kind of helps players, um, create new things with existing objects. Um, so scaling is a big deal. Um, the scripting in Halo 5 was pretty powerful, but it was really obtuse. Um, and so what we did is we totally revamped the scripting system to be a visual scripting system where you can go into a node graph and you can place down um, functions and kind of draw out your map logic. Right. So if I want, like I said earlier, like if I press a button, if I do on player mark, um, that's an event, right? I can drop that event into the node graph and then I can go, well, on player mark, what do I want to do? Right. And then I can say, give player new weapon. Right. And so I connect that visually. Um, and then I just define the weapon that I want to give them and I connect that to the give player weapon function. And now I've got my first script. Um, and it's, it's just a lot more intuitive. It's, um, it's what a lot of the modern editors already do. Uh, so we're, we're trying to bring, you know, Forge into the modern age in terms of that kind of scripting. Uh, so that's a big ticket item. Um, the budget is a huge improvement. In Halo 5, the budget was 1,600 objects. And right now, our budget in Halo Infinite Forge is around 7,000 objects. Um, and that, so that, you know, that's at least four or five times. Uh, I'm not good at math right now, but, um, <laughs> you know, you can see the improvement there and, you know, you, you can see the details in both Argyle and Detachment and, you know, the details even in the pit. Um, 
uh, is a lot, you know, just a lot more detail than we've ever had before. And the, the, the line between an internally developed dev map in our internal tools and a forge map is, is much smaller than it's ever been. I got so, yeah, go pairs. Oh, so, sorry. Yeah, I'll just jump in on this one. This will be really quick. So you mentioned before with Forge, basically there's there's the, the coupling of the actual mode with the map and how that'll work. What about with already established maps? So, and, and again, this doesn't have to be in like any official rank playlist or anything like that, but say there's a really fun mode that someone's community created that people are really enjoying to use. Is that something that could be decoupled out of forge mode and put into the, the, the standard map, so to speak, or, or vice versa? So right now that can be done if you're making a mode in the custom mode editor. So if you're okay. making a mode experience outside of Forge, you can save that mode. And then when you go to make a custom game, you can say, hey, what mode do I want to play? I want to make I want to play that custom mode. And as long as that mode doesn't need anything specific in the map or the maps already have the specifics, like maybe it's just a version of Caps of the Flag where you just change a few of the values, right? That's my new mode. All these maps already have uh, flag spawns and 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 uh, flags in them, so it should just work. Um, so right now you can do that. Longer term, um, of course, we want to let players go into the node graph with a lot more, um, like all the power of the node graph and all those hundreds of functions that you can do in the node graph. We want to allow them to to save that off in the same way that you can save in the custom mode editor. Right, so it will be totally decouple the map and the mode. Uh, that's a longer term feature. I don't have an ETA on that, but that's yeah. where we're headed with that experience because the the gains that we see in terms of what players can do and the ease of of crosstalk between maps and modes, it's an obvious win there. Now, what if just one last question on that that topic? What if you're seeing a very popular mode out there in the community that's been created along with a, a very popular community created map? Let's just say they go hand in hand. Is that something that you would consider bringing into the main part of the multiplayer game? So it does count for XP and it can be in rank playlists and things like that. It can, could you take something out of the basically the Forge community feed and bring it into, into the main main mode of the multiplayer? Absolutely, yes. We did this in Halo 5. We totally want to do this in Halo Infinite. Um, we're just working on finalizing the process for that. Um, obviously, that involves a, a dialogue with mm -hmm. 343 and the, the content um, author or authors, right? Um, there's, you know, there, we have to establish some guidelines for um, content creators to make sure their map is things that you make sure it performs well, make sure it performs as expected, make sure it doesn't have, um, you know, offensive content or, you know, make sure it, it meets the bar that our maps meet that to put into a, a playlist. But the goal is absolutely yes, to get that stuff into playlists as soon as possible, because I think Sean Barron said it, said it the best. He was just like, we want players to play it their way. Right. And yeah. so that that is our a first step towards letting players play their way and earning XP towards your battle pass. Um, I, I think that it's incredibly important to us and we want to do it as soon as we can. So I had a, uh, just a couple of questions. One was to go back to that point of uh, curation. We were talking about this early today um, with the IGN guys and, and Paris just touched on it earlier. So for people like me, 
who like I, I I'm the same. I I'm never going to build a level in this thing. I get I don't have the skills and I get frustrated. But I am interested in seeing what other people are making, yes. right? And there's going to be a tremendous amount of stuff out there. And let's be honest, most of it is not going to be that great, right? If you ever want to have like if you ever want to refresh your respect for like how hard it is to like make a video game, go go play some of the stuff that the community puts out because most of it is garbage, right? It's hard to make a good game. It's hard to make a good a, a good level. Um, and when, what you don't want to do with something like a, a Forge or a Super Mario Maker or any, you know, when Four Guys map level, uh, map editor comes out soon, like you don't want to just be thrown in at the deep end and like go find something good. You, you need some curation, you need some assistance. So I, want, I wanted to ask like, what does that look like from 343's end? Obviously there's a certain amount that the community is just gonna, gonna do for you, right? Like things will just get discovered organically and trend and get high user ratings and you'll see the cream will kind of like naturally float to the top to some extent, but you don't want to rely on that entirely, right? There has to, I feel like there has to be some, like, I like going, when I go to a bookstore, and at the front of the store, it's like employee picks, like, here are, here are our favorite books of the month or whatever from, you know, Gladys or, or, or John, who works behind the counter. Here's the book that I'm reading. Like, you kind of want that in video games as well. Apple Arcade does a great job of that. Like, you know, the, they, they put their own spotlight on games that they want to that, that recommend to you. So what, is, what does that look like from 343s? And in terms of, like, the developers, how does the employees' picks part of it work? Are you going to have developers or people on the team, or is it going to be their job to try and surface and discover the and and feature and curate and put in front of us the kind of things that you want to celebrate and champion and put forward as hey look at the cool stuff you can do with you can do with forge yeah absolutely i'm we're already you know working on tasking out people to to do that kind of stuff now that forge is out that's we can now start searching for that kind of content and taking notes on it and play testing internally and um seeing how and really experiencing those those experiences for ourselves and going, man, this is really fun, right? Um, and then um, then we can put it in the recommended tab or the recommended uh, menu, which is like curated by 343. And I look at that as sort of the stepping stone to um, eventually getting some of that stuff into the the Forge uh, playlist, right? Um, if it does well and recommended, um, then there's a good chance that, you know, people like it and it'd be worth, um, polishing that that experience a little more and working with the author and then getting into the playlist. So those are the two the two paths in the um, in the client right now that are uh, that are going to hopefully really surface the best of the best. And then I and then I had just one other question about the kind of things that you'll be able to create with Forge and just how like robust the toolkit is and it was kind of inspired by when you were first asked to talk about, like, describe Forge, you think it's a, it's a thing where you can create experiences, right? You didn't call it a level designer or a map maker. <laughs> it seems like there's a, there's a broader remit than that. And so while 90% of it, the bread and butter or something like this, is always going to be people creating game modes and maps and what you think of this kind of tool set being, being used for, I'm kind of interested in, the, like, the 10%, the people that are going to color outside the lines and do something really unexpected, like, yeah. um, like, like, let's say I wanted to make a talk show in Halo. Oh, could I, could go, I use Gary. Forge to do that? Or if somebody wanted to make an escape room or yes. some kind of wacky, like, oh, you never saw this coming kind of experience. Or I'll go all the way back to, remember, uh, Red versus Blue back in the yeah. early days of Halo, mm -hmm. and that was the beginning of Rooster Teeth. And that kind of sparks the whole machinima revolution that, you know, has, has been a huge thing ever since. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, how much of that is at the front of your mind when you're thinking about building the toolkit? And like, are, you, are you trying to build the toolkit in such a way that is going to encourage creators to surprise you with the kind of stuff they come up with beyond just, oh, here's a cool game mode or here's a cool, you know, here's, here's a cool map, but like here's something completely different that you never even saw coming? 
Yeah, uh, our mantra really for Forge was freedom. Uh, we had many meetings where we discussed if we should limit something like scaling was a good example like at, at a certain point like you know um there's objects in the in the in forge that you can scale and at a certain point like the visuals maybe break down a little bit and they don't look as good as the artist intended right and at a certain point we had limits on that and they were like you know what no we're we're not going to limit that you know because let them you know it's obvious that maybe it doesn't look as good because it's scaled up to the size of a mountain and it used to be a tin can but for their use for what they want to create that's what they want right and they're either going to say you know what this doesn't look as good i'll use a different object or this is fine for my experience and you know i'm going to use it and so it's i don't really think it was up to us to to limit that and we've approached just about everything that we could in in forge with that kind of mindset the you know when you look at node graph we've really tried to give players as much access to the the scripting functions that our internal designers have to make stuff um we've really we've surfaced a lot of that stuff to make node graph really powerful and sure you can kind of hang yourself with node graph a little bit if you're if you're digging deep and but that's okay right because you'll you know it's it's less about limiting players and more about get, empowering them and making sure that they have all the tools at their disposal to do what they want. So yeah, it's definitely we've always leveraged into or leaned into experiences more than just ah, this is a map maker, you know. Because I've seen beauty corners. I've what know, is that, when you say like, beauty corner, what is that? I'm not I'm not familiar uh, with that term. Oh uh, yeah, so it's I sorry, that's kind of a dev term. A, be, a beauty corner is basically like. An experience that you make in an editor like Forge, um, where it's just you just walk around and it's just a visual audio experience, right? Like um, one of the guy, well, popular guy on Twitter that does Forge, uh, Infinite Forges. He's really good at beauty corners. You know, he just makes this gorgeous waterfall with with water sounds and this gorgeous sunset. And then you just go in there, and you know, there's insects buzzing, and it just it's just really peaceful and and pretty, right? Um, you know, beauty corners are traditionally. Uh, in terms of dev use, you know, um, you have your gameplay side of things, which is like a blockout. And then once your blockout's done, um, you have um, maybe you take a corner of that blockout and you go, you're gonna make it really pretty. You go, this is what this whole area is gonna look like. And so that's kind of a beauty corner as well. Um, so yeah, there's experiences in Forge that are just not gameplay at all. It's just a visual experience or an exploration experience, right? Um, Gosh, I've seen parkour already cropping up, um, <laughs> you know, and there's also like, you know, sort of the, like the more social mini games, like use repulsor to climb to the top of this, you know, uh, human gladiator type of obstacle course, right? And do it in 30 seconds or something like that. So, so these fun little mini games that aren't necessarily really connected strongly to like the arena experience, but they're fun nonetheless, right? Mm. It's funny, my kid plays Roblox, and Roblox is not like one thing. It's like, you know, you can create any, again, it's, you, when you go to Roblox, you see like a browser of like, it is essentially like Forge, right? But for kids, like there's millions of different things that you can create, and as you were just saying, like weird, you know, whether it be an escape room or some kind of challenge or an obstacle course or whatever, that's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in saying. Like, yeah, it's cool to make a, a, a game mode or a map or whatever, but I think if the tool set allows you to create something really like, oh, wow, look what, you, look what someone just, look, look what someone created in Forge, 
this week. That, I think, is a great advertisement for other people to come and discover it, and, you know, both to build things and also to look at what's being built. I'm, I'm so excited, Gary. I mean, I think of my Halo 5 days, Michael, and I think of some of the fun creations me and my friends jumped into. I mean, talking about parkour, I was <clears> thinking <throat> of Wipeout, the game mode that we played that a number of creators created. It was just like the TV show where we were jumping around laughing and having fun. The social experiments, just like you said, Michael, of beer pong inside of Halo, where we just <laughs> stood multiple Spartans on different sides of the table <laughs> and chucked the oddball skull back and forth into plastic cups. I thought it was so fun and so different, right? It doesn't have to just be Team Slayer or One Flag CTF. It can be something different. And that's the exciting part about Forge and what that freedom, as Michael said, could be coming up and doing. If anything is going to get me to reinstall Halo, because as I, as I mentioned earlier today, I, I got to a point where I was frustrated with the, the running out of content and uninstalled it. But it's hard to get me to come back. I feel like if anything's going to get me back, it will be like, again, while I'm browsing like Kotaku or whatever mm -hmm. one day, it's like, oh my God, someone made this amazing thing in Forge. That's the kind of thing. I think if you're going to looking to, there is, obviously, as we know, there's like an, a little bit of an issue with like after a very nice honeymoon period with Halo Infinite's launch a year ago, there has been, you know, a bit of a drop off as people did hit that kind of content ceiling. And as much as they're rushing to catch up with the stuff they're creating, I think if there's a magic bullet that will get people back, it is Forge and basically crowdsourcing a lot of that innovation. Not, not just saying that you can abdicate that responsibility. <laughs> the three, four, three, you have to, you know, create the official content and seasons and official maps and playlists. But I think it's a huge boon to be able to, to say, well, now the community might be able to come up with like the next, the next killer app for Halo might come from 343. It might come from, you know, sex haver IRL in Kentucky, you know, who, who, you know, <laughs> that was, sorry, I, I saw someone's username in a game one time and their username was sex haver IRL and I okay. just thought it was the best username they, I've they ever go. seen. So so it's, 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 it's always stuck with me. But you know what I mean? Like you never, you, once you, once you, empower people with those tools you never know where like the next kind of million dollar idea is going to come from yeah michael how does that make you really quick pairs michael how does yeah. that make you feel hearing that of the power of forge and the excitement of forge that could bring maybe lapsed players back like that do do you and your team hear that often and how do you guys feel about that yeah i know i've heard that and i mean i'm i hope that you know anyone who is lapsed they come back for a variety of reasons right um not just Forge, um, but, you know, because there's like, you know, with this update, there's like, there's match XP, there's a whole free battle pass. There, I think there's a lot of reasons for players to come back to Halo Infinite, not just Forge. Um, but, you know, that said, Forge does provide, it sort of takes a little bit of the pressure off in terms of um, providing content and variety for the players, because now the players are like, no, I want to play this, right? I want to I want to make the game show inside of Forge. I want to, you know, make the social mode or whatever. So, like, um, I think it's it's good for everyone, right? Um, and you know, if if we can get Gary to reinstall, then I I'm job done. I'm going home. There you go, Paris. What do you got for him? <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Last one for me, and this actually just builds upon what you're talking about. So when when I again, I have no talent, so I can't make any of these maps. But when I think about Forge, and I think a year from now, where is Forge going to be? And it brings, like you brought up Infinite Forges, so it brings me to the top of the creator community. And, and I guess my question is, is this engine or, or is this the sandbox that is Forge? Is it scalable and can it evolve? 
over time. So if you're getting feedback from your top creators of, man, I would really love to see this feature in Forts because it's going to allow me to do X, Y, and Z. Are, are, are you having those discussions with some of the top creators and have having the ability, you know, to, to evolve Forge over time? Yeah, and and that was one of our pillars of of designing Forge was to make sure that it was extensible, um, because we knew that we wanted this, we wanted Forge to come out, and we knew that we were going to add stuff to it. We just couldn't add everything that we right. wanted at launch. So absolutely, we can add that. Um, we've already established a really good dialogue with our Forge Council, um, and they provided some really good um, feedback and suggestions that have made it into the launch. Um, you know, and so that dialogue has been really good. And now, you know, as of yesterday, and now we've just started a dialogue with the entire community to kind of go down that same route. But absolutely, Forge is designed to be extensible. We're going to be listening. You know, I, you know, we don't want to go out and say, hey, we're going to do feature X when everyone else wants feature Z. Right. You know, that's just, that seems counterproductive and, and just a way to get the community angry with you. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, Mike, I, mean, I know we don't have much time left with you. You have a very busy day, a busy schedule with you and the team. So I have just a couple of final questions and rapid sure. fire questions to uh, end this with. My first one, of course, is the excitement, right? Forge fundamentals. I go back to those videos. You and the team got me really excited about the idea of creating together. Now, that was something that grabbed me as Gary and Paris have both said it myself, we're not the biggest creators, but the idea of creating something together with my friends was something that really resonated with me. Can you talk a little bit about that? How many people can create together? What are some of the cool things that we can and, of course, can't do when there's multiple hands cooking up something special? Sure. Uh, so uh, you can have eight people in, um, in a Forge session, um, and you can forge together. Um, the, the current limitations on that are basically, um, the un, undo, uh, which, uh, is, is disabled, uh, when you're in, in, um, a co-op session of forge, um, for kind of edge casey and complex reasons, but safe to say that it's, it's difficult to predict when one person's going to undo something right into where someone just placed an object. Mm. Um, so, um, and there's some limits on scripting, um, as well. Uh, but those are really the biggest limits. Um, you know, you can't, you can't select an, an object that another player has already selected, but otherwise the sky's the limit. And, and we're hoping that, you know, not only people just forge together and just have fun and, and make a crazy playground, but, you know, if there's people, you know, let's say that, uh, Paris is good at lighting and Mike's good at, at, uh, at geo or blockouts and Gary's really good at visuals. Like you guys make a team and then you can make a map together. Right. And so there's a lot of different ways that you can forge together. And, um, you know, so I'm excited to see kind of how teams develop and, and sort of make content, not only just for fun, but just for official, I've already seen a bunch of people up on Twitter and whatnot and Discord, like establishing, you know, Forge content creation teams uh, in that in exact uh, in the, that exact way. That's rad. All right, a couple yeah. of quick rapid fire questions for you. Tips yeah. for creating the best possible map and or game mode or just fun creation. What are some quick tips that you'd give people? If you're starting off, um, don't bite off more than you can chew. Keep it simple. Um, you know, don't be afraid to make something simple and learn from it and then move on to the next thing. Um, look at 
other people's content, you know, other people have already maybe solved the problem that you're having, you know, go look at our official maps or go look at content community and say, aha, that's how they did it. Um, you know, and then thirdly, just get involved, get involved with the community. They're positive. They want this community to grow and prosper. They're, you know, they want to help and they want to share their knowledge. Creator recommendations. Of course, you've named a couple of names so far mm -hmm. throughout our just interview. Do you have a couple off the top of your head that you would like to give a shout out to that me, Gary and Paris and the audience can maybe look up or keep an eye out for, for some of their creations? Uh, Paimon uh, has his visual identity is second to none right now. Just really amazing visual experiences. Um, the bunch of people, let's see, Dark Maiming just created a, a version of Haven that I was looking at today. Oh, and wow. that's really cool. Um, Infinite Forges, of course. I don't know what he's got cooking right now, but he's always up to something. And his, <laughs> his creations are really amazing experiences. Um, let's see. Uh, I crush all Micah. He's working. He's, um, he's more on the mode side. Um, he, he's, he did a thing <clears> called <throat> piston pals. That's really fun. And then I'm going to get the names wrong here, but I think Bob is here and another person they made repulse soccer, which is basically soccer with repulsors and the, the soccer ball is a kill ball. Um, so that's out there and, and, you know, that's actually pretty popular right now. So, I mean, I'm kind of shouting out to the stuff that's already in popular, but, uh, I've been having fun with those experiences. So hopefully some of you all out there will too. That sounds like a game mode you would like Gary. I know I, you like that soccer. I do. You know how I love, how, how much I love it when they do those fall ball I weekends know you on do, fall guys. Gary. I was just thinking how much I'd love it if somebody would recreate opposing worlds from Unreal Tournament. Oh, can you imagine? You ever played that one with the two sniper towers? Yeah, oh, so good. I like that, Michael. My final two for you: your favorite creations, and of course, Forge. Throughout all of the decades of Forge, I mean, I brought up beer pong and wipeout, but of course, looking at you, <laughs> you've played them all. You've at least seen a lot of them. What are some of your favorite creations? I had a lot of fun uh, with um, Husky Raid. I think Husky Raid is just a fantastic mode, and that started in the community. Um, Sumo Mongoose uh, is another one from the Action Sack uh, group of modes that was really fun. Um, I mean, and even Super Fiesta, I believe, was uh, started in the community, right? I think a lot of the fun things and the more social things really started with the community. Um, you know, uh, so those are my, those kind of off, off the top of head, my, my Halo 5 classics. Um, I'm a Fiesta guy through and through anyway. Um, and then, like I said, the, the new one is Repulse Soccer. I, I tried to play a, a parkour thing today and I didn't manage to get to it because I was busy, but that looked to be kind of fun. Um, so yeah, it's kind of hard to say right now because <laughs> there's so much going on. Um, but yeah, I think that's my top three, though. Okay. And my final one for you, of course, we talk about content with Halo and all video games as a games as a service. We talk about the roadmaps, right? And we know that Halo Infinite has put out a number of roadmaps. You guys now coming out with Forge. What can we expect from you and your team in the future? Will we see dedicated Forge roadmaps? Will you be tagged along with the normal roadmaps announcing what you're bringing to the table? Is this going to be a monthly, quarterly six months or a year type updates. What are you expecting to bring in the future to Forge? I don't have an, an official schedule or timeline to share. I think that the, the goal though is to be as transparent and timely as we can about what's coming down um, and <clears throat> coming into Forge in the future. You know, in the short term, you know, obviously we're going to be looking at um, polishing 
forge, fixing bugs, listening to community feedback, making quality of life updates where we can to make sure that the their workflows are as smooth as possible. Um, there's, you know, there's some big bugs that we just had, didn't have a chance to fix for launch that we need to fix as well. Um, and then, you know, longer term, uh, I don't have an ETA on this. We've already talked about this a little bit on Twitter, though. We're looking at adding uh, campaign AI to Forge oh. so players could lean into the, the co-op uh, slash PVE space, you know, instead of maybe just the multiplayer space. So we're, we're talking right now about how to best bring that stuff into, into Forge. Very rad. Uh, Michael, on behalf of myself and the guys here, we want to thank you for your time and, of course, give you a big congratulations, you and thank the you. team on the release right now. I know a lot of us Halo fans are very excited about Forge and the future of Halo Infinite, so thank you for all of your hard work, you and the team and everyone at 343, and thank you for your time joining us here on the XCast. So with that, we're going to kick it to a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with more Kind of Funny XCast. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Shady Rays has all the essentials you need to make summer complete. Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades and feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There is no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for y'all listening right now, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code KINDAFUNNY for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people and they you go check it out shout out to factor a ready to eat meal delivery they shop prep cook and deliver to your door so you can just enjoy chef crafted dietitian approved meals during the holidays minus the hassle plus with 34 meals per week including gourmet plus keto calorie smart vegan plus plus veggie and 36 plus weekly add-ons you'll have plenty of nutritious flavorful options to choose from moving into the new studio has totally changed gia and i's day-to-day -day routine but luckily factors fresh never frozen meals make it easy for her to fuel up fast at home and save time with meals delivered ready to heat and eat in just two minutes factor has everything you need for a week of flavorful nutritious eats in addition to ready to eat meals they have cold pressed juices smoothies energy bites extra protein veggie sides and more head to go.factor75.com slash kind of funny 60 and use code kind of funny 60 to get 60 percent off your first box that's code kind of funny 60 at go.factor75.com slash kind of funny 60 to get 60% off your first box. And shout out to me, Undies. The holidays are officially upon us, and it's time to start celebrating. Like, actually celebrating. It's your holiday, too. So, you should be able to relax and do what you love. If that means watching every single seasonally-themed rom-com, so be it. Live your life. Do your thing. It's the most wonderful time of the year to try me Undies because they're currently offering a very merry deal. You can get 20% off your first purchase with free standard shipping and free returns when you go to meundies.com slash kinda 
funny. Y'all already know how much I love me undies. Even right now, I'm wearing me undies socks. I'm wearing me undies undies. And this very t-shirt is made of the same soft, beautifully soft micromodal fabric that me undies is famous for. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of the softest, most supple fabric you have ever felt. And that is a fact. They're available in sizes extra small all the way up through 4XL. MeUndies has what you need to make all your favorite people smile this holiday season all in one convenient place. Feel free to start thinking about yourself now. You can get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee by going to MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. That's MeUndies.com slash kinda funny. Welcome back, everyone. Guys, that was a great conversation and a really fun look at Halo Infinite Forge with Michael Shore. So thank you both for joining me on that one. And thank you to the audience for listening. And hopefully that got you excited to go out and create or maybe see some awesome creations over in the Forge engine. And, of course, if you are creating something dope, let me, Paris, and Gary here at the X-Cast know so we can jump into your creation and let you know what we think and play around with your fun creations. But, guys, talking about fun creations it's finally happening. Something very special is going down. There's an official Gears of War movie and adult animated show and or movie on the way. Let me read it for you. Of course, over on Twitter, Netflix announced and celebrated 16 years of Gears of War. It says Gears of War was released 16 years ago today. And to mark the occasion, Netflix has partnered with the coalition to adapt the Gears of War video game saga into a live action feature film followed by an adult animated series with the potential for more stories to follow. Wow, oh, wow, it's finally happening. I hope Batista got a call. Boys, as you know, Batista has been just championing at the idea of possibly becoming Marcus Phoenix, and that's where I want to talk about it. Let's first talk about the news. Gary Whitta, Mr. Hollywood, as many of us call you. What do you think about this? Gears of War finally getting on to the big screen. Yeah, I actually pitched on a version of the Gears of War movie many years ago, back Get in 2000. Yeah, I found my notes the other day after they announced this. I was, Didn't I pitch on that? 2013, <laughs> I, pitched a, I pitched a version of it. Um, there was like a whole period of like, like you said, like 10, 15 years when they were, where they were trying to make a movie work and they couldn't do it. Sounds like they finally are going to get it together now. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's too early to, to know what to expect, you know, without a director or a writer or a creative mm-hmm. team or any mm-hmm. words, you know, any thoughts on like what the creative approach is. Like, who knows? I think it has as, as much potential to, to make a good movie and a good animated uh, series as as anything else. I don't think Gears of War is a standout in terms of uh, narrative okay. or character. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's when I think like, what are the great games, like great stories and great characters, Gears of War does not immediately come to mind, mm. but you know, it's, it, it's, it's in there, you know, it's got some cool characters. It's got it's a cool mythology, obviously, you know, the, the potential for lots and lots of big action. So I'm very open-minded about it. I, I don't like being one of those people. As soon as they announce something, oh, that's going to be terrible. Yeah. Like remember when they announced the Lego movie and people were laughing at it? Look what happened. It was a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. So you can, you know, with the right talent and the right approach you can you can make something great so i'm you know i'll hold judgment until i see a little more okay personally how are you feeling about this i'm I'm of two minds like i i think there's a lot of potential with the animated series um i think they can do some some great things there and it's going to give them the opportunity to bring a lot of the original voice like john dimaggio just just as a no-brainer right um and but the live action one you know i'm you know we'll see i mean sometimes they hit sometimes they don't like gary even saying i, I don't want to assume too much you know with, without obviously seeing what the casting is going to look like and you know how what the budget's going to be and things like that with the story but 
Um, I mean, overall, I do I want to see it? Of course I do. I, I think there's a lot of potential with both, but I think that the big one would be the animated series, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm I'm actually on the same board as you there, Paris. After what they did with Castlevania, I'm very excited to see what Netflix can do on the animated side, right? And like, Cyberpunk and Arcane. I mean, really, really talented stuff and some really cool stuff. And I think when you add in the adult themes, the blood and the gore of Gears of War, you could have a ton of fun with, of course, Gears of War in an animated series. On the live action front, I am a little hesitant, right? I'll, I'll speak from experience with Halo. I was very disappointed in what we saw with Halo and Paramount Plus and Showtime. I just did not vibe with that. I didn't like the choices that were being made. And, of course, it was a little salt in the wound as a big Halo fan, right? And so I look at Gears of War, and you hope for the best. You think of Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Doom when that came to the big screen. Not the best performance there, right? Not the best showing (laughs) of a cool IP like that. And so we start to really rattle off a lot of video games turning into movies or television shows. And you you think, man, this is the dream. This is what I've always wanted as a gamer. But also, I'm a little hesitant at our previous performances beforehand. But that's my worry. Well, like you said, Netflix has had a good track record uh, with this recently, particularly on the animated side. The League mm-hmm. of Legends show is phenomenal, right? The phenomenal. animated show. Cyberpunk, I know, was was hugely, hugely you all liked. And, and interestingly, you know, led to like a massive... Um, kind of ripple effect back into the game, right? People started playing the game more after they watched the anime. So that was, you know, as much as Cyberpunk needed to kind of get its number, get get back to on its that path to redemption since that very broken launch. I think the anime was actually really helpful in that. They started breaking player records after Edge Runners came out and started doing really well on Netflix. Yeah, the Castlevania show is is really fun as well. Again, Castlevania is not a game that is is particularly blessed. In the story department, but they they made something out of it. Yeah. They 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 took the material and they found and they found a way to have fun with it. So again, I think there's there's no reason why this cannot be good. There's nothing necessarily about the material that makes you think, oh, this will be a home run. Because mm-hmm. I do think the Gears Award world is just a bit generic. It's just a bit a bunch of bros fighting a bunch of monsters. And I know that there's I, I know that there is a story in there, but like it just doesn't you know like it's it's not Last of Us on you know Uncharted. Um, God of War, you know, levels of, of of cinematic storytelling in those games. It's like a solid B movie, I think. And if then if we get a solid B movie out of this, then you know, what's wrong with that? I'm happy with that, Gary. Give me a nice B movie. That's the kind of fun that I want to have with you two right now. Of course, now everybody has jumped to fan casting the potential live action Gears of War movie. And of course, I thought I'd ask you guys. Hey, I'm gonna pick four kind of iconic Gears of War characters, and I want you to fan cast. <laughs> Some of the roles for me, of what course, if Paris you're watching like right you're now. You're imagining him, like you're, he's a voice in well, your head right now. I love thinking about this. one of my gaming dads, Paris Lilly, always on my shoulder, having some fun. But of course, if you're watching on the podcast version right now, you can see all of the fun that our director Barrett <laughs> is having. But I asked Roger Picorni, one of our lead designers here, kind of funny, to whip up a quick graphic just to show you the four characters that I would like us to fan cast. For the live action movie theater, of course, it's the big four. You got Marcus, you got Dom, you got Baird, and you got Coltrane. And so I asked both of you, think of some actors in your mind that you would love to see play these roles. Of course, I'll start with the easy one. I'll take the easy one, boys. For Marcus Phoenix, it's Dave Batista. I think this is someone who has really led the charge on wanting to do this, making this a reality, and you can see him in the role. And I think we've seen his growth from Blade Runner and so forth and so on with all of his movies now that he's done. Of course, Drax the Destroyer. I think he would be great. I do want to give a shout-out to, of course, Cliffy B., Cliff Brzezinski, who created Gears of War, he wrote in there another fun one would be Carl Urban 
from the boys to possibly be oh, Marcus Phoenix. Yeah. And I thought that was a fun pull from Cliffy B over there. And I think what's interesting about pointing that out is that even even though Bautista seems like a no-brainer, and I think he is, right? He would mm-hmm. be like, no one's going to be disappointed if they announce that. He's expressed interest in it before. Mm-hmm. He clearly looks the part. He's totally jacked. And on top of that, he's actually a really good actor as well. Like, he's better. funny. Yeah. He's charming. He's very likable in everything that he does. Dave Bautista is just across the board, like, what's, what's not to like? So it makes, it makes a lot of sense. The thing about the live-action one, and this is one of the things that's always I've always found a bit off-putting about... Gears of War is that those main characters, you just put them up on the screen there. They're just the, just the physical dimensions of the characters. Like they're so roided out. Like yeah. it's so, it's so ridiculous um, that you, you know, about again, Bautista checks that box, but you can't expect to find another bunch of guys that are all like super jacked, but can also like carry these, these parts. So I think that um, that would be, I think that that would be very, you've got to, with the anime, with an animated version, again, you can, you can you can get ridiculous yes. proportions as much as you want, but I think you've got to bring it down into the into the real realm just to make it castable for the, for the live action live action version. I will throw one out there for you for Coltrane. Okay, for Coltrane. I don't, think, I don't think you'd get him now because I think he's blowing up too fast. Like the time to get him would have been a year ago. Jonathan Majors. Okay, right? that's a good one right there. I like that. That's a great Paris, one. Paris, yeah, if, Paris is feeling Paris it. Paris is if, feeling it, and I got one. I'm going to one-up no, you. No, no, no. I, I, I got an alternative, but, okay. but please continue. I was going to say, I'll one-up you right now since we're call, talking about Coltrane. I know a lot of people are going to be yelling Terry Crews mm-hmm. coming hot off of Black Panther. Winston Duke, I would love oh, to see you take the role because uh, – <laughs> I'm feeling him right now. I know we felt yeah. him in the first one, but of course, the second movie, Wakanda Forever, coming out this week. This is the guy that I am really yeah. all about right now. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a, there's a terrific, you know, the very deep bench of of, of actors out there. Run again. They don't all again. Jonathan Majors again checks that because he is Jack. Yeah, right. But like the whole point is you don't ha- you don't have to be to play these characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paris, what were you vibing with on Coltrane and Beyond? So you called it. It was Winston Duke. That's who I was thinking of. I think he'd be perfect. Again, he has, you know, I know, like you said, the how big they are shouldn't matter just in the, having the fun, but he has the size. He has the acting chops. He would, he would be perfect as Coltrane. Um, I don't know if we're going to move over to another character, but I have, I have a fantasy casting for Baird. Oh, lay it on us. Yeah. Give it to us. Let's go on to the next one. Bill Burr. Bill think Burr. His sar- think his sarcasm. Uh, uh, it, it'd be perfect. I, he'd have me laughing the whole time. I think he, he'd be fantastic in a role like that. And if you've seen, what was it? Uh, it was that Pete Davidson movie um, with Marissa Tomei, where he plays a firefighter with the crazy bodies, mustache. Bodies, bodies, No, something, the last something of Staten Island, something yes. like that. Oh, King, but, King but the, of Staten Island. Yeah, King of Staten Island. But yeah, just that, his role in that, just, I, I can picture him being bared. It, it'd be good. I like that. I like that. Let's stick with Baird really quick because, of course, John Cena has been thrown around. Everybody really likes John Cena and his growth on the screen. Uh, Cliffy B, once again, recommended Ryan Reynolds. Of course, we love him in Deadpool. He's fun. He's quippy right there. It's a very expensive movie. You've blown half your budget before you even (laughs) We're blowing money, Gary, on this one. Of course, I saw some people on social media recommend Glenn Powell. From of course Top Gun Maverick, Hangman. You'll recognize another, him another from one who's blowing up big. Fun. Yeah. He's got the charisma. Him right and there. Jonathan Majors are both in this mm-hmm. new movie that's coming out about pilots in the Korean War called Devotion. Really? Yeah, okay. yeah. So that's going to be the next thing that they blow up big off the back off. Yeah. And I'm going to recommend one here. Here's a little deep cut, but you might recognize him from a recent series. But of course, if you're a Blue Mountain State fan like myself, you know 
Alan Ritson, of course, who is Thad Castle, and he was the latest Jack Reacher, I believe. On oh, that, that guy's one. a so man mountain. He's a man yeah. mountain, and he is fun as can be. So I like that one right there. Yeah, no, the, I mean, again, like I said, you, you do limit yourself a little bit when you say, well, he's, well they've obviously they've got to be like super jacked. Like, there's a reason why, like, you look at Superman and Batman in the comics, right? They're all like really jacked. But when they cast these actors in movies, they don't cast like big, ridiculous bodybuilder mm -hmm. guys because it looks silly. As soon as you go into the live action realm, you have to kind of make it look a, bit, a little bit more grounded. And it's just not ridiculous that all of these guys, you know, look like they just rolled out of Gold's gym. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. You want you want to be you're you're a soldier, you're, you're whatever. Like you know, think about like the Marines in Colonial Marines. Like they're all phys they've all, they've all got to be like physically fit, and they are all in the gym, like you know, packing on mass to play those characters. But you don't have to be like cartoonishly big, mm -hmm. like these, like you know, like the characters in the game. I want to shout out just because y'all are talking, uh, Barrett. Uh, for full context, I have uh, never played a Gears of War game, but just uh, thinking about uh, looks and vibes and stuff. Shout out to Tom Hopper from Umbrella Academy. If Ooh, you're looking for someone like that and not looking for like he's he's having a moment, but I, I, it's, he's not exploding Hollywood right now. So mm -hmm. again, if you're trying to keep a budget here, I think Tom Hopper uh, might be. A yeah, good, I liked uh, I liked that guy yeah. on that good show. Pull. Let's talk about the right hand man, Dom. This is a big role now, of course. Going to be right next to our dude Marcus. Uh, we've seen Johnny B, John Bernthal thrown around, aka mm -hmm. the Punisher. Many mm -hmm. of you love. Mm -hmm. uh, people are throwing around The Rock. As well, they also are saying Oscar Isaac. Uh, a couple fun ones here for you, Diego Luna. I have on my list, and then from Roger Picorni, he says Michael Mando. Right there, you should check out. Uh, I that believe, name I don't know. Double check that one on me, Bear. But I believe that is the gentleman who played Vaz or uh, Vaz on. Mm, Far Cry 3. Yes. Okay. Uh, he's also, yeah, he was, uh, people in the general audience will probably recognize him from Spider-Man Homecoming. He's uh, uh, technically Scorpion in that movie, but then uh, more uh, recently known for Better Call Saul. Uh, I forget his uh, character name in Better Call Saul, but he's fantastic in that. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, that is some fun times fan casting the live action movie. This could be very cool. Paris, do you have any final fan cast before we get out of here? Well, I, I, I got to go back uh, to to Dom. Okay, yeah, Burnthal Burnthal was my guy. Johnny B. But okay, come, but, yeah, but 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 come on, it's Vin Diesel. Oh it's wow, Vin, it's it's Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you want to work on the movie. It's <laughs> Uh, that is a good poll right there, guys. And, of course, we want to hear from all of you kind of funny X-Cast fans out there. What is your fan casting for the upcoming live-action Gears of War movie? Uh, very interesting. The adult animated series as well on Netflix. Going to be really fun. Gary, for someone that's been in Hollywood for so long, before we go, give me, give me your timetable. When do we see these projects actually come to light Give me a guesstimate. Give me a rough estimate on where we're going to be. I mean, I don't know how far down the road they are with development. They, they, they must be at a point. They wouldn't announce it unless they were at a point. Like, this is interesting. Netflix typically doesn't announce projects that are just mm -hmm. in development. They, they, they announce them once they're in production, typically, because they develop so much stuff that you would just be announcing. So if they were constantly announcing, because this is a big IP and there's like a certain amount of, you know, um, interest around it. Um, it, I can understand why they would have, but it does sound like they've announced it. Like there's no, again, if they, if they had a director, I think they would have said if they had a writer or they had producers or any kind of creative team on it. I, I feel like that probably would have been part of the announcement. It's, it's possible they have those, but they're gonna they're gonna wait to announce them later. But this clearly is in early in development. I think if they were if they were down the road with it, if they had cast anyone, we'd probably. Um, 
no more than, than has been revealed right now. So I think they're very, 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 very early. I don't know. It depends on how big the movie is. Like if they want to make like a big, you know, hundred million dollar plus like mega, you know, tentpole type movie, then you know, you're probably not going to see anything for like two or three years at least. Wow. Yeah, I think so, Gary. I think we're in for the long haul on this one. We'll be teased, and it will be dope when we have another E3 presentation and Phil comes up and hopefully shows a little trailer. Paris, what do you got for me? So I'll throw another wrinkle into this, and we talked about this on IGN earlier, but I'll say it here. I think you're tying this around whatever the next Gears game is. I think it comes out around that time. I think maybe live action first, we get the game, then you get the animated series after. Paris getting us all excited. Okay, I like that. I like that, Paris. Well, let's end the show with a quick heads up for all of you Xbox fans out there because there's a really fun one going on this weekend. This Saturday, November 12th, 2022, Team Xbox is bringing the fun with fans around the globe for Xbox Fan Fest Trivia, a 90-minute global live stream event hosted by friends of the show, Kelly and Malik, where participants have the chance to win prizes of an Xbox Series S, Game Pass subscriptions, and so much more. So tune into that. That is 2 p.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on November 12th. Why don't we get that call? We should be hosting that. We like, bring the energy. Gary, what are you, let's, Dist let's again. get the phone call up, Paris Lily. Let's get up there and let's go host something for Xbox. Let's have some fun. But <laughs> go have fun. Go participate. Of course, you can tune into that over on all their social media platforms and enjoy a fun afternoon of trivia. And uh, with that, this has been another kind of funny X-Cast. Right now, myself and the Gaming Dads are going to stick around and give you an exclusive Patreon show right now. Remember Blank, where I am going to be remembering Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, one of my favorite games of all time. We'll check in with all of you over on Patreon. With that, thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. Peace, everybody.